You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, Multimedia. My friend Shana just started working at the Andy Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh, and during her first week there, she discovered two of her co-workers eating Campbell's tomato soup for lunch. I jokingly asked them if eating Campbell's soup was a job requirement, she tells me. And one of the ladies said, No, Joan and I just really like soup. They saw no humor in it whatsoever. Well, maybe that's why they started working at the Andy Warhol Museum in the first place, I say. To be surrounded by pictures of the soup they love. Maybe that's the real reason Andy Warhol became so popular. People just really like soup and will pay to look at pictures of it. Impressed by the economy of language with which I tackled the phenomenon of pop art, I consider addressing other subjects of art criticism, and doing so with the brevity of haiku. For instance, Impressionism. Let's make things all blurry so we can concentrate more on the color. What about Cubism? Let's make stuff look flat. Pointillism? Let's make stuff out of dots. It is my hope that this new school of criticism might one day produce a coffee table book of art history that one can lift without incurring a hernia. Hey, John. Howard? What are you, what are you doing here at the studio? Well, if you notice in my hand, mm-hmm. I'm carrying a big black portfolio. Why are you carrying that? It holds my art. That's what a portfolio is basically what an artist uses. You have art in this portfolio. Yeah. John, okay. I keep and my art in this portfolio. I see. Know. All right. Like most artists, most serious artists, mm-hmm. protect their cherished works in their portfolio. Yeah. So you're an artist. You have your artist portfolio. Yeah. So why are you, why are you bringing it here, Howard? You're not even interested in seeing any of this stuff. I mean, your artwork. I'm, yeah, it's a bit of a. a, a I, it's a bit of a revelation, wouldn't you say? Like, I'm here. I'm showing you this, you know, this sensitive side of my. I'm a very sensitive person, I, John. I know. I, know I'm, I, I have an artistic temperament. Well, I want to share this bit of my soul with you. Is that so wrong? I mean, I, I, I think I've actually experienced enough of your soul. I mean, for all now. right, I'm not going to force you. Do you want to see this art or no? Honestly, no, no. Okay, I don't. Let's look at this stuff. Okay, okay here we go. Let's get this open. All right. So, what do you got there? Uh, I call this a sad clown. You know, there's a, what do you find so funny about this? It's ridiculous. This is supposed to be poignant. This is a clown during a, a private moment. He's contemplating his life. He's made some bad choices, this clown, and he's sad. Look at that one single solitary. You know why that's there, that one single solitary tear? Because that clown most likely spent time in prison, clown prison. So you're saying that that's a tattooed tear. It's not an actual tear. We don't know. Like, what, what, what do you think about it? I mean, let's talk about it. I'm not going to talk about that's it. What, that's what fine art does. It makes people engage in dialogue. Howard, that is not fine art. That is what looks to be a paint-by-numbers painting of a clown with a tear in its eye. Where's a number? What are you talking about? I can number? see the numbers right through it. Okay, fine. Okay, you want to hold me against the wall. See that number six? Uh-huh. That's supposed to be purple, and I made it black. Well, that's some, some real artistic license. Yeah, I you... chose to make it all black because life is black. Howard, it's it's schlock art. You know, it's like the, the dogs playing poker. Hmm. Well, it's very interesting you say that. If you want to look at this next painting. Dogs playing poker. John, uh, methinks you've been sneaking into my atelier and, 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 and watching me paint. Howard, 
How would you know about dogs playing poker? It's 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 a staple of every single junk store. John, dogs don't play poker. People play poker, John. Dogs, no, they don't. They chase after bones and balls. Right. They don't play poker, John. I know that. You know, when I look at this, I see those cards in their little paws. Howard, are you tearing up? That's a collie. That's clearly a bulldog. And they've put aside all their differences, mm-hmm. and they're playing cards together at the same table. Anyway, speaking of tables, this next piece. What you got there? Oh, it looks like a paint by numbers of The Last Supper. Last Supper, I call this the dinner party. The dinner party? Yeah. You've never seen Leonardo da Vinci's famous painting, The Last Supper, you mean to tell me? Describe it to me. That, that, that's, that's it, right there. The I was la- thinking of doing it with dogs, but I stuck with, with humans sitting around uh, Howard, a dinner not, table. Okay, Howard, it's not just y- humans. Those are the disciples. Jesus is about to be crucified. Right now, right after a meal. Yes, that's why it's called The Last Supper. This is the dinner party. He's about to be betrayed. The problem with people like you is you look at art and you overanalyze it and you put all this phony baloney stuff onto there. I'm the artist. This is my painting and I'm telling you what this means. Th- like this guy over here, I was going to give him like a Carmen Miranda style fruit hat. And this guy over here, I was going to put like Viking horns on him. Sure. All right. Well, let's just move on here then. Uh-huh. What else you got? <clears throat> ah, yes. The Mona, Mona Lisa. Lisa. Right. Ah, so you know the Mona Lisa. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I know I that piece. I, I've seen it in, in many cartoons. Mm-hmm. You know why? You know what would give her a smile like that? Do you think? I don't know. You know that's a that's a good question. Uh, it's a very elusive grin. It's been uh, rumored that that from the waist down, she's totally naked. She's smiling because she's in the know. Uh, we, we don't know. That's completely crazy. Nobody was there. I wasn't there. Were you there? No. So I can say whatever I want to say. Maybe she, maybe there's a dog licking her ankle right now. This is a painting that I've done by numbers. Th- there are numbers that are all the greats have used them. I mean, Picasso used uh, that technique when doing the Guernica. Did he? No, he did not, Howard. Well, it's it. Why did you bring this stuff here to my studio? You know what? I'm, I think I'm asking myself the same question right now. Why did I bring it here? Yeah, why did you bring it I guess I was here? looking for some friendship, for some validation, some encouragement. Pff, I guess I'm crazy. Oh, like, uh, Howard, come on. So, what, what, no, what, it's okay. Why, I, mean, Howard, I want to show you this. I, you don't like it. You have a right I know to that like you have it. something okay. up your sleeve. What do you yeah, want from me? You. Howard, why did you I bring it? I need $2,500 for an art course. There's a very reputable art school that's on the back of Highlights Magazine. Howard, I am not giving you $2,500. But you will get this money back tenfold. How will, how will that happen? Because all I have to do is sell one painting for $25,000. You know, Picasso just whips stuff off. He makes scribbles on paper and sells the people on trains for $10,000. No, that was Picasso. He, and, you know, I can do portraits of you, John. I know I'll, I'll get some art skills. I do I not do want portraits. you. You're not going to be doing portraits I can do. Me, I can do a nude. I can do a big nude. Howard, put it up in the CBC is, offices. This is an investment in culture. And we're going to sell it. We're going to make money. We're going to make money, baby. We're going to be rolling in the money, baby. We're going to be rolling in the money. Hello. Hi, can I speak to Jonathan Goldstein, please? This is this is he. Hi, Jonathan. This is Gerard Bruce. I'm calling from London, England. Oh, hello. I'm uh, representing the Department of Comedy at the BBC. From from the really, I'm a very big fan of the BBC. Well, we've been listening to your show, Jonathan, and we really like it. Well, I'm thank you. We've been looking at the schedules for 2010 summer, mm-hmm. and uh, we're terribly interested in filling them with a show called Wiretap UK. Why Wiretap UK? Wiretap UK. 
that's very exciting uh, to to imagine. You know, Jonathan, I've never seen you, but I'm already getting a sense from your putty-like personality mm-hmm. that I have the skill, the training, and most importantly, the irrepressible desire to mold, to sculpt, and I believe you have the ideal profile for this do-over. A small nugget of undeveloped talent mm-hmm. and an almost preternaturally admirable desire for change, I... self-development, and personal growth. Well, I... Jonathan, it's going to be like Pygmalion. Mm-hmm. Except it's going to take a lot longer and there will be less songs and a lot more elocution lessons. Whilst we are terribly big fans of the show, mm-hmm. um, we don't fully understand what you're saying. Well, how do you mean? You have this very thick, deep Canadian brogue. I that, don't... I mean, a, a Canadian accent? Which is almost indecipherable. I was picked specifically to call you up because I've worked with Americans. You can't understand what I'm saying? I what? I rally round your... No, jo- hello, no, I can't understand what you're saying. If you were to come uh-huh. over, we have speech therapists. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, we don't like the ums and the ahs and the glottal stops and the grunts. Mm-hmm. Oh. We should, we should get started right now. Just, just say this for me. Jolly good. You mean in, instead of saying uh-huh? That's, it's remarkable. I don't understand almost a single word you're saying. Yes, precisely. Use actual words to acknowledge assent. For instance... We are going to reimagine your show and give it the slap in the face it needs to be funny. Jolly good. We'll we'll work on it, shall we? Right. And really, that's all we have. Uh, Except for there are just a few other tweaks um, to the format. I see. And and what are you suggesting? Scientists at the University of Britain recently tested and proved the well-known hypothesis that men wearing dresses and talking in high voices is officially the funniest thing ever. Let's, let's look at your show from the beginning. Um, you come out, you, as I understand it, you do your little monologue. Mm-hmm. You can still sit at the nape of the stage. You can still puff on your little lady's pipe and you can still undo your truss, snap your thumbs to the symphonic rock. But in a dress and with a high-pitched, squeaky voice. Can you do that for me? Well, okay, for, uh, for, first of all, it's a radio show, right? Jonathan, so, men dressing up as women is inherently funny. I think it's inherently funny to British people. Well, humor is inherently British. Therefore, by logical extension, a man dressing up in a woman's dress is inherently funny. On the radio? On, uh, precisely. On the radio is perhaps the finest expression. Because you have to use your imagination, Jonathan. So, so you're suggesting that before I start my monologue, I say to the audience, by the way... I'm wearing a dress right now, and then I, and then I go and then I go into it. <laughs> you see, I'm laughing already, Jonathan. That that's funny. That's gold. Uh-huh. For instance, why not start your monologue in the character of Captain Kirk? Stardate, February fifth, Earth. I encounter a superior being of great wisdom from the planet England. How about a song? You're wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. You're speaking in a high-pitched woman's voice, mm-hmm. and you proclaim your inherent pride at being a productive transvestite in society. Mm-hmm. But in your spare time, what you really like to do is go and hang about in logging communities in the north of Canada. Uh-huh. Like almost, uh, what are those chaps called? Lumberjacks? Uh, there you go, exactly. Um, that's funny. But M- Monty Python did that. And you bring along your little pal Herbert, and Howard, you have yeah. conversations while you're log rolling. I see. Perhaps you can educate British people about Canadians. So we would more. be making ourselves more Canadian, but donning British accents. That's meeting your audience halfway, Jonathan. That's what that's called. Uh-huh. 
Come on, let's come on, let's give it a try and okay, what do you... I'll be Herbert and you'll be you. Uh-huh. And we'll roll some logs. Okay. And we'll talk about Canada mm-hmm. for British people. Okay. Okay. Right. Oh, Jonathan, how's it going, mate? Uh, it's, it's... Cup of tea. Um you want milk, sugar, or just straight tea? I don't think I want tea right now, Herbert. Gerard, I, I, I really don't think this is working. I'm, I'm very flattered that the BBC would be interested, but I'm, I'm pretty happy where I am. I, you know, just talking in the regular Canadian accent and having a sidekick named Howard, not, not Herbert. Well, I understand. If you change your mind, mm-hmm. please do call. And it would take a little time for my ears to focus and for me to understand who's talking and what earthly language they're speaking. Mm-hmm. But I'll be on standby for when you finally make the right decision. Thank you for that, Gerard. When you're ready to be mentioned in the same breath as Simon Cowell. I'll keep you in my Rolodex. Absolutely no problem. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello. Hi, is this Jonathan Goldstein? Hey, Josh, what's, what's up? John, I don't have time for the chit or the chat. Just write me the recommendation, okay? What Get going, you, now. What are you talking about? Just write it. Tell them about my good points. Who? I do have good points. Well, Tell me one of them. Tell me one of them right now. Right off the bat? Yes. You enjoy cupcakes? Yes, I do, but I don't really see it as relevant. Okay, well, who's the them that you're writing this letter for anyway? John, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going back to school. What, why are you going back to school? Did anyone ask Rodney Dangerfield why he was going back to school? I'm just going. I believe they did. Well, you know what? And they made a very profitable movie about it. But the reality is my life is a little uh, static at the moment. I, I don't do much during the day. I sleep. I cry. And then at night, I work as a night watchman. Yeah, it's true. How is that going? I sit and I watch the night. It's pretty boring. The taser is the best part of the job. And you know what? I only end up ever tasering myself. Mm-hmm. The point is, I'm like a baby bird. My beak wide open, ready to drink in the worms of the world. And by the worms of the world, I mean knowledge, John. Scholarship. So what do you, what do you intend to study? Uh, I don't know. Uh... Tell me the real reason why you're going back to school, and then maybe I'll consider writing you a letter of recommendation. I have told you the real reason, girls. Excuse me? No, I'm going to meet girls. Chicks, man. College chicks. The best chicks on earth. You know, I'm, I'm getting up there in age now, and I really need to settle down with a nice young college girl who's, like, educated and stuff. That's who you want to be? The old weird guy at the back of the college library? Is it better to be the old weird guy who's the night watchman down at the depot? I mean, Look, but... I'm, I'm old and creepy regardless, John. I might as well be amongst the flower of our youth. That's why they call it class. Well, what, what, what do you mean? Why do they call because it? Because it's a classy way to meet chicks. Well, I don't know if I like the idea of writing a letter of recommendation to someone who's only going back to school to meet chicks. But That's ridiculous. You don't, you don't say that in the letter. You say he's really interested in pursuing the pursuit of knowledge. Josh, I, I don't. It's been a long time since you've been in school. I don't know that you're prepared to. You know, what's to, what's to prepare? You just go to class. I mean, you have to be prepared to take notes. I already have my notes. I did these classes already. I just didn't finish. I have here, right here. I went to the basement. I dug up all my old notebooks. I'm looking at them right now. I have uh, chemical engineering, the philosophy of Heidegger. I, I don't understand what the point of taking classes that you've already taken and have notes for. Like, you, shouldn't you start fresh? Why would I start fresh? I'd have to relearn everything all over again. This way I already have the notes. 
you know, you're, you're kind of a poindexter, right? You're sitting in class, mm-hmm. you're listening to a professor talk about history or politics or whatever boring stuff, and what are you doing? You got your number two there pressed against the paper, scratching out your notes, right? You got to think, you got to sort of pick out what's important and what he's saying and stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to write it down. And what are you not doing? I, I, I don't know. You're not, not using the orbs. You're not scoping the room. You're not making googlies. And, and, and what am I doing? Wasting college tuition. I'm looking around. Mm-hmm. So when that pretty girl over there in aisle three drops her eraser, I'm there. I run over, John, in the middle of class. And I bend down and I pick it up and I present her with that eraser down on one knee. And you know what I say? Didn't I go to elementary school with your mom? You know what? I, I, I like your tone. But seriously, I mean, you are old enough to be dating their mothers. Anyway, the point is, I have the notes. Right? I'm not going to pay attention again. I have all the information in front of me, right here. This is a doodle of a bat, mm-hmm. but there's, there's tons of good stuff in here. Uh, let's see. Here, here's a whole page of notes. The German army went to Megaphone, Minnie Mouse, Chakowitz. What? What is this nonsense? I can't read this. Oh, my God. I remember. I had a very... My hand would cramp up a lot when I wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? Actually, even, even looking at these notebooks brings me back. You know, sitting in class, not being able to move, listening to a professor's voice drone on and on and well, on. Josh, I think maybe what, what's happening right now is you're realizing that you have to be... Yeah, happy. exactly. That kind of horrible droning on. I can't tolerate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, this whole, this whole caca made me scheme. I just, I was digging up my old college notebooks. I don't know. I just got intoxicated with the whole thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That plus the wine and the beer. Okay, Josh, listen. If you want to meet women, I'm sure there's other ways that you can go about it. I guess you're right. I, it's, there are other avenues, right? Sure, I mean, of I course could... there are. I mean, there's church groups or, I don't know, even the Internet. People meet people on the Internet a lot these days. Sure, you know, there's, uh standing around. Apparently the supermarket is a good place to start a conversation. Yeah, you can ask women, I guess, about, you know, what fruit they're buying, what fruit they like, you know. Right, kiwis, mangoes, um, lychee. Uh-huh. I can pretend that I don't know how the word is pronounced. Did you likey the likey? Because I likey you. Why? You see, the key thing is you want to create a scene. You want to be the object of attention, right? Because it's about drawing crowds. I'm vomiting in public, anything. Screaming and crying randomly. That's Touching my hand through a plate glass window. It's about being in the moment. Hello. Have you ever thought about going to a psychologist? Where is that coming from? Out of concern for you. Oh, really? Concern for your abnormal behavior. Uh huh. Don't you roll your eyes at me? How do you know I'm rolling my eyes? You're rolling your eyes at me. I can feel it. You, you anyway, can't... can we just get back to the topic at hand? Why must you be peculiar 24 hours a day? Well, you know, I'm just being me. That's all, you know? I mean, yeah, well, if... that hasn't worked out too well for you. Maybe it's time you start being someone else. Oh, yeah. Let's imagine you were a gopher, and you got hit by a lawnmower, and it lopped off one of your gopher arms, right? Mm-hmm. Would you walk around strutting your stuff like Mr. Pimp Gopher that, oh, gee, I'm the one-armed gopher. Everybody look at me. I don't get Why the... wouldn't you for a minute consider maybe you'd be better off if you had... Hey, Stupid. Put the phone back to your ear. I'm talking to you. Wait a second. How, how, how did you know that I just moved the phone away? Because I'm a sensitive young man, and I can tell when I'm talking to someone who's holding the phone at an arm's length. No, you. I don't know how you could tell. That's very strange. You know, John, you underestimate me all the time. You underestimate my powers of perception. No, Gregor, you are not... Because I'm like a ninja on the phone, and I'm attuned 
to the subtle changes in your voice tone, and I can tell what you're up to. I can tell your body position, and I know when you're picking at that thing on your face. And you're Gregor, how, how do you know what I'm doing with my face? What are you, like, across the street spying on me? No, I'm not across the street. I'm just very perceptive. Gregor, no one is that perceptive. You're creeping me out. All right, you want to know how perceptive I am? I'll tell you how perceptive I am. Do you remember when your smoke alarm went off about a year ago and I came and fixed your battery? Yeah. Well, I also installed a webcam in your smoke detector. What are you talking about? Look into the camera. No, no, Gregor. Smile. Wave to me, Johnny. You do not see me. Hey, wait, watch this. I'll zoom in. Oh, I can see your nose hairs. Need you cannot, Gregor. That is ridiculous. Anyway, Why the would point you... is you got to stop picking at your face. What are you? T- How many fingers am I holding up right now? You're giving me the thumbs up for some strange reason. That's it's actually not technically a finger, your thumb. How many fingers am I holding right now? Four, three, two, thumb again. You're telling me that you've had a camera in my in my apartment? Look, Johnny, get over it. I... A lot of people have cameras in their apartments. Gregor, I can't believe this. Let it go, Johnny. It's the past. We're moving on. I mean, you've done some terrible, terrible things. You've done some terrible things that I had to sit through and watch. I can't... Believe me, I suffered more than you did looking at this footage. Let's just call it even, okay? I can't even believe what you're telling me. You know what watching your camera's like? It's worse than a security camera. Because I... there's all kinds of dead air footage where you're not even home, and I'm just looking at your wall. Gregor, Which, I... frankly, is a little more interesting than when you are home. You just sit there hour after hour of nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Well, you kind of blew it. Wh- you know, the only good thing that I saw on the webcam all year, really, is remember when you were dancing around your apartment by yourself one night all sad and drunk? Gregor... Your dance moves were very impressive. You shouldn't be seeing that. Oh, is that the kind of friendship you want? Yes, it is. Is that what you'd prefer, that I don't put a webcam in your house? Yes. You want to live in a little lonely island walled in with bricks of loneliness? That's what you want? Yes. You know, Johnny... I should have expected this of you, what? to get it all wrong. This was just affectionate on my part. Ha- affe- I thought you'd be touched, you know? Touched. I wanted to stay in touch with you. It's like instead of email or phone calls or being like, hey, why don't you drop me a line once in a while or text me on my phone? I don't need that, right? Because I just got a camera in your house. What? I want to check in with Johnny. I tune into the Johnny channel 24-7. Gregor, you're talking about a spy cam. Spy cam. Spy cam is your words. I call it a friendship cam. This is a total invasion of privacy. Privacy? Johnny, have you even heard of Twitter? Facebook? Get with the program, my friend. People are microblogging every little detail of their lives to a million anonymous fans every day of the week. You have no right to have reasonable expectation of privacy. In my home? In your home, in your workplace, in your car. Gregor, you're really scaring me right now. Scared? You're scared of me. Johnny, I'm scared of you. You just wiped your mouth with a sock that you found on the floor, and you walk around your house in that tattered Ebola-filled bathrobe that looks like something Al-Qaeda created to drop on the enemy. You know... This is the biggest betrayal of trust you have ever perpetrated since I've known you. Oh, come on, Johnny. This is hardly the biggest betrayal of trust. You remember that time you caught me selling your colonoscopy x-ray film to the smoking gun? And I still don't understand what they would want with something like that. That's the internet age for you. Okay, I'm taking the smoke detector out of the wall. I wouldn't do that if I were you. You owe it to your fans. Excuse me, what are you talking about my fans? I'm talking about your fans. I was just reading on your wiki the other day. Gregor, who else is watching this? I mean, at this moment, just me, but I've cut together some great footage, which is up on YouTube. How dare you? Just the best of moments. Okay, you know, I'm taking the smoke detector out of the wall. Well, don't come crying to me when you're a burnt-up pile of ashes because your house burned down. I am going to take this right out. Looks like you're using a metal screwdriver, which is going to give you a shock and kill you. I can't, okay, I can't get this out, but... You... I want you to come over immediately to take it out of my wall. Johnny, I'm coming over. Don't worry. I got you covered. But if you didn't have that webcam installed, 
I would never have known that you need me to come over and help you. I asked you to come and get rid of it. How ironic that the one thing that you are mad about is the one thing that would save your life. That is not irony. I wouldn't have been trying to take it out of the wall. You would have fallen off, broken your ankle, maybe even your neck. Cats wouldn't have anyone to take care of them. They would have eaten your face. It's so ironic. You don't even know what irony is. You don't even know what ironing is. Look at your shirt. It's all wrinkled. Will you just get over here and take it out, please? Fine, fine. I'm going to come over. Keep your britches on. I don't know what you're getting all worked up about. i got cameras all over your house anyway. Excuse me? What did you say? Nothing. Would you relax? I'm just putting on my shoes. I'll be over there in a few you, minutes. Do you have other cameras in this house? Johnny, don't you concern yourself with technical talk. Gregor, I'm going to move. I g- move all you want. i got motion capture cameras. Don't no, I'm going to move from this apartment. Do you understand? Listen, Johnny, if you want to move, go ahead and move. It doesn't make any difference to me. I'll even set up your new place for you. No, you're not even coming in the door of my new place. But seriously, would you do me one tiny favor? What? Would you put on a motion capture blue skin suit? It would really help you with the focal range. On Wiretap Today, you heard Howard Chakowitz, Gerard Bruce, Joshua Carpatti, and Gregor Ehrlich. Wiretap is produced by Jonathan Goldstein, with Mira Birdwintonic and Crystal Duhame. Tune into Wiretap Saturdays at 1.30 and Thursday evenings at 11.30. You can also hear Wiretap across North America on Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Or subscribe to the podcast through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap, where you can also download the latest wiretap ringtone. Look into the camera. Smile. I've been watching you. Feel Gregor's eyes burning into your soul with every ring of your phone. Seems like yesterday we used to rock the show. I laced the track, you locked the flow. So far from hanging on the block for dough. Notorious, they got to know that life ain't always what it seemed to be. Words can't express what you mean to me. Even though you're gone, we still a team. Through your family, I feel your dreams. In the future, can't wait to see if you open up the gates for me. Reminisce sometime. The night they took my friend. Try to black it out, but it plays again. When it's real, feelings hard to conceal. Can't imagine all the pain I feel. Give anything to hear half a breath. I know you're still living your life after death. Jonathan Goldstein here. Just wanting to let you know we'll be bringing a live version of the show to Vancouver for two events, February 19th and 20th. Visit the website, cbc.ca slash wiretap, for where to get your tickets.